So I believe that our denomination is one of the last, if not the last, to require its seminary students to learn the biblical languages. You have to have proficiency in Hebrew and Greek. And as an aside, they tell you in seminary, oh, well, if you struggle with Greek, you'll surely be good at Hebrew. And they tell you, oh, do you struggle at Hebrew? You're going to be really good at Greek. And they were all lies, all of it, <laughs> just lies. It was all hard. But I think it's important sometimes to look at those original words and how they're used. And so we're going to do a little Greek 101. And today we're looking at mathetes, which is a disciple. Now, discipleship was well known. There's a Hebrew word for disciple, but it looks a little bit differently when Jesus comes on the scene. There are specifically two differences. One is in how disciples were chosen, and the other was in how disciples saw their role in the world. And so we will start with that first one. Now, before Jesus, there were teachers, rabbis, and they would have disciples. And for a teacher to choose their disciple, they would choose the best of the best. You wanted a disciple who was super smart, who knew all of the things. After all, the better the disciple, the better the rabbi looked. Yes, it's often like academia in that you have to prove yourself. And we want the best of the best learners. But do you remember who Jesus invited to be disciples? Jesus just walked around Jerusalem saying, Hey, come on, follow me. I'll even take fishermen. Jesus allowed anyone to be a disciple. You did not have to be the best of the best. You just had to have a heart that wanted to follow Jesus. And so that's a truly significant difference between the disciples of old and the disciples of the New Testament. All you needed was a willingness to follow, and you could be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Now, the word disciple, both in the Hebrew and in the Greek, means a learner, a pupil, someone who studies. But it's carried out quite differently when you come to the person of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus taught to be sure and wanted you to learn. Jesus was steeped in scripture and assumed that his disciples would be too. But Jesus had no use really for learning that stopped for learning's sake. To be a disciple of Jesus Christ was to also carry out that learning over and over again. And if you thought that you were going to carry it out well, after all, you have sat at the feet of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, then that too would have been a surprise because to be a disciple is to learn the way of Christ, to try and carry it out, and to fail over and over again. And yet, you get up and try to follow the way of Christ again. The reason for this is about sin. Jesus knows that what he is calling his disciples to is to a life of holiness. And yet, there is a part of us as humans that always has sinfulness as a part of who we are. We're never going to be completely divorced of sin until we are reunited with our Lord and Savior. And so what Jesus is saying is, let me teach you my way. 
My way calls for holiness. Then go out and live it out. And yes, you are going to fail over and over again, but all I ask is that you come and try again. It is the process of failing forward, and that could not be more different from the old idea of disciple than anything. That anyone would be allowed, and that we would be allowed to do it poorly, is the basis of what Jesus is calling us to do. Do it poorly, but do it. Ask for forgiveness when you stray and return. Do you want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? All you need is a heart for Christ and a willingness to return in faithfulness over and over again. Now, this can sound, if you're like me, who has some perfectionistic tendencies, this can sound awful. Who do you want to, you know, if someone said to me, Tara, I've got this great idea, you should be a disciple and then you should try and live it out and you're going to fail 90% of the time. I'm like, sign me up. That sounds great. But what Jesus reminds us in this passage in particular is that trying to follow in the way of Christ, even when we fail, still brings freedom. The best definition of Christian freedom I have ever heard is that to be free is to do the things you are supposed to do, but you're doing them because you really want to. Do you want to be free? then love people, not because you're supposed to, but because you really want to. Forgive people, not because you're supposed to, but because you really want to. That's when true freedom comes into our lives. No longer are we bound by sin. We are instead following in the way of Christ because we want to. And until we get to that place, while we fail over and over again, Christ says, that's okay. Come on back and follow me more. I have a new favorite podcast. It's called We Regret to Inform You. And it is the story of successful people who have met failure after failure and barrier after barrier. barrier. Did I say that right? Yeah, barrier. And still yet, they moved forward into what they were called to be. And the most recent one was about Decatur's own Mae Jemison. Now, I I didn't know anything about Mae Jemison, except that what I've learned in reading about her after hearing about her in this podcast, and when she was very small in second grade, her teacher asked everyone, this was in the late 50s, early 60s, what do you want to be when you grow up? And the boys had all kinds of answers. I'm going to design race cars. I'm going to be a doctor. And the girls had two answers. One answer was, I'm going to be a mother, and the other answer was, I'm going to be a nurse. Until she got to May, and May said, I'm going to be a scientist. And do you know what her teacher said? You should really think about just being a nurse. And May decided that she was going to learn as much as she could. You see, May was a disciple of science. She wanted to learn more and more, and so she started going to the library and reading everything she should get her hands on. When she was in sixth grade, her family moved to Chicago. And before she moved, her principal said, we're going to move you from the sixth grade to the eighth grade because you are so advanced. And so she gets to Chicago, and the principal takes one look at her and says, oh, no, mm -mm. there's no way you can do that. 
until two weeks later when her homeroom teacher says, you've got to get this kid out of here and into eighth grade. I don't have anything to teach her. Barrier after barrier. May decided that she wanted to be an attractive candidate for the space, for space program, and so she realized two things. One is she thought maybe if she just learned Russian on her own, it would make her a more attractive candidate, so she did. And the other was that she thought, I'm going to go to medical school so that I will have that medical training that will make me more attractive to the space program. And she goes off to Stanford to do those things. And her male white professors over and over again say, you're really just a beginner. There's really not a place for you here. And yet she pushed on. And when she finishes her medical degree, she finally decides to apply to the space program. And the Challenger shuttle happens and the space program is shut down. And she sent that application in anyway. Barrier after barrier, failure after failure. And still yet, she pushed on. She found her way over or around. Now we have barriers in our walk with Christ and those barriers are often sin. Those things that pull us from our focus on Jesus Christ. And our job as faithful Christians, as disciples of Jesus Christ, is to find our way around and over and when we fail, to come back to the one who has given us the grace to survive anyway and start again. We should be better followers of Jesus today than we were 10 years ago. And I hope that I'm a better Christian 10 years from now than I am now. Because we are learners and we are also livers of what we learn. And we are a people who do not give up in our desire to grow more like Christ. God, the psalmist says, is faithful. Well, we should be faithful too. And that's what a disciple is. Someone who learns. Someone who lives it out. Someone who fails again and again and continues to walk in the path of Christ. This does not sound like good news, but I promise it is. It is good news that we don't have to do it perfectly. And it is good news that we get to do it together as the community of faith. I was thinking about this idea of disciple as we have lost so many pillars of our church community in the past several weeks. And at the end of someone's life, you realize that they may have failed over and over again, but they were also faithful. And there are people in our church community who feel themselves full of grief, and still yet they try to be faithful, to follow in the way of Christ over and over again. That is who we are. We are mathetes, disciples of Jesus Christ. And thanks be to God for that. Amen.